like to welcome those who are worshiping with us through LiveGate Outreach TV and those who are also listening by audio in our podcasts and uh, also on um, iTunes. I want to pray that God will continue to reach you right where you are in Jesus' name. We want to thank God for how he's been helping us in the course of our um, messages in the last few weeks. We started a series on living in purposeful creativity, living in purposeful creativity, and as you can see on the banner, this is the sixth session. We have done all the sessions that are shown on the left, vision, discipline, and righteousness, peace, and joy. Uh, Last week, Pastor Lola dealt very extensively with the topic of the lifestyle, uh, the creative lifestyle of joy. And if you haven't listened to that message, I want to recommend that you do so again. And I want to thank God for her life in many, many folds. She's not here. She's with the children now. But God knows I really appreciate this great woman of God that he has given to me. The fact is, and I am not trivializing this statement by any means, God knows that that is the person I needed to marry before he brought her my way. I could not have imagined, I was discussing with one of my sons a few days ago, that I could not have imagined what life would have been like if I had married somebody else. I could have married one or two people before I met her. And um, with all due respect to them, I am so grateful that God allowed me to meet her because she is a precious gift to me. Can you please appreciate God for her, for me? Amen. We want to appreciate God for how he helps us. We have a kind of structure here that is very, very, very unique. I know in years to come, in years to come, I am very, very confident that we will be teaching ministries, and I'm saying this again with every sense of humility, we'll be teaching ministries how to have Bible school and service together at the same time where you have a structured teaching every Sunday and it's chronological, not just in time, but also in a pattern that deals with a topic that is focused. There's a pattern God has given to us since we started this ministry. I've never seen it done like this anywhere in all my church life, that you have every Sunday and a focus on a theme that gives you a set of series and you, 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 there's a way that God ties it all together. When we started to talk about purposeful creativity, we said it's very important to have vision and discipline. That without these two things, you can't go anywhere. Without a vision, the Bible says the people perish. And there is no vision that can survive with it without discipline. We mentioned all this. And then we got into kingdom lifestyle, and then we saw from Romans 14, 17, that the, the, the kingdom of God is all about righteousness and peace and joy. And we went through those in the last three weeks. And as we come to the study of faith today, as I was looking at the life of the man Abraham that we are going to be studying, we found that this righteousness and peace and joy were part of the things that made him who he was. And I said, God, you are so, I never sat down to think about it. I just sat down and allowed God to speak to me as at the time. These things are usually put together months before the time we get to come to them. For example, the things we'll do in January, February, March, they're already being revealed by the grace of God. And I, I said, Lord, you, you have everything so well put together. And even though we call Abraham the father of faith, technically what underpinned his life was the kingdom, the principle of the kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see that as we study on today. So God's desire is that a believer's life must be a purposeful life. What do we mean by this purposeful creativity? You are created for a purpose. You have heard that many times. 
But you see, until you understand that the purpose of God for your life is to do exactly what God has called you to do, life can be so meaningless and be a bit frustrating. I find energy doing this every Sunday because I discovered that it is my purpose. I don't know why people say they find certain things difficult. Because if you know what, when I'm going to my work that I do, all the things I do secularly, I, 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 I'm in education, and when I'm stood in front of people and I'm teaching, I have energy. When I'm, when I'm discussing with them on matters of education and their development, I have energy, I have zeal to do that also. When I'm in my world of consultancy and engineering, I love to see projects. I like to see projects come to life. I like to see clients happy that we've solved a problem for them, something that they never knew they could do. And then we came together with all the pro other professionals and we, we turned the facility. We're just about to finish the, the, the construction of one of the biggest churches in our area in, the sh in, a, in a few uh, months' time. It will be dedicated. And I was privileged to be a, the consulting engineer on that project. I've done some projects for that church before. And again, I'm involved in that. And every day I visit the site when I'm able to, and I see that old rundown building that was looking like nothing now turned to such a beautiful edifice. I feel grateful because it is my purpose. It is my calling. Hallelujah. I want you to know whatever you do. Don't say, oh, Pastor, I'm just changing sheets and I'm just making those people more comfortable because that's my job and that's all I'm doing. Listen to me. If God said that's what you're going to do, do it with a passion. Do it. Don't say, I'm just doing it in the interim. It could be that it's in the interim, but whilst you're at it, see it as a purpose for this phase of your life. Engage with it passionately. Then watch God bless the work of your hands at that time and continue to promote you in it. Hallelujah. So a believer's life must be purposeful. But the first purpose God wants from every one of us is to be people who become the righteousness of God in Christ. Everyone, John 3.16 is so basic. The Bible says God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And what he wants is everyone should believe in him. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. When we come to this everlasting life, we become the righteousness of God. And then after that, we must be a people who are living out as witnesses in the ministry of reconciliation. Every one of us has a purpose. Every one of us has a distinct purpose. Your purpose is not mine. Even though we're all called to be the righteous. Your purpose is not mine. My purpose is not yours. Every one of us. And as I say, in my case, that I do two things, three things. It does not mean everybody has to do three things. There are people who do five things. And there are people who do the only one thing. And that only one thing is good enough. Many years ago, uh, one of the footballers that was, uh, that was from, I think it was, that was the year that the Sierra Leonean team was very strong. One of them was drafted into... Not Sierra Leonean, Senegal, Senegal. Um, this was 2004. Those of you that follow football will, 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 will correct me if I'm wrong. But I think it was Senegal. They had a very strong team there. So one of them became a Wanderers, Wanderer, Wolverhampton Wanderers player. And uh, this was 2004. And my friend, who's now retired, was, um, has to give him some tutoring because he could not speak English very well at all. Somebody earning all that kind of money every week could hardly speak two sentences of, of English language because he's a French-speaking person. And so my friend was trying to teach him English. And my friend was a lecturer. He's now retired. And uh, he came to me and he said, 
I said, how is it going? He said, it's very difficult. That the guy is struggling to learn this language. I, I said, one day he got frustrated. My friend is called Eve. He said to Eve, he said, you know what, Eve? My brain not here. My brain is here. <laughs> he said, all his brain is in his feet. That don't, don't worry about what you are seeing here. I laughed and laughed and laughed at that. But you see, that place where he pointed to was making him millions by the month. Because that was his purpose. When God gives you an assignment in life, he will strengthen you and challenge you. And don't let anyone dissuade you. The subject of living in faith, living the creative lifestyle of faith, is something we must embrace from this angle. Faith is not just about name it, claim it, gram it. I, I claim my car. I claim my house. Those are the things that the, the devil has succeeded in making the body of Christ trivialize faith too. Faith is a lifestyle of the righteous. Faith delivers to you more than things. Things are just byproducts. When you are living a lifestyle of faith in purpose, fulfilling your mandate in life, things will come to you. I say things will come to you in the name of Jesus. We read, those of you who are listening to this by podcast or on Outreach TV, we, LiveGate Outreach TV, we read from Romans chapter 4, verse 1 to 25 in our scripture reading. And I want to encourage everyone to read those verses again. They are so loaded. But I will go through a few things there that would help us. The grace for salvation is extended to all mankind. But only faith helps us to connect to it. The Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your doing, but it is the gift of God. We don't work for salvation, but we work with salvation. We don't work for salvation, but we work with salvation. We must understand when we are saved. What is the work that we need to do? The work of faith. We come by grace into faith, and then we live by grace and faith to work for God. Praise the Lord. You are able to do the things God has called you to do by faith. You can never please God without faith. And so it is important for us to understand when we talk about the life of Abraham, we're going to see some things that will help us. Let's start from Romans chapter 4 from verse 2 where we read as part of our reading. Everybody, one, two, go. It's on your screen. Go now. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Not before God. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain that build it. Everyone who is trying to labor into the kingdom of God, in quote, by pure labor and not by believing God in the commandment to believe and accept Jesus Christ, is just boasting about something but not before God. Verse 3. Verse 3. The Bible says, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was what? Accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God. He believed God. Now, when Abraham believed God, Jesus had not yet manifested, manifested as the son of God. Abraham simply believed the word of God. The Bible says in John chapter 1, and the word became flesh. So the word of God that Abraham received in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 is, the, is a type of Jesus Christ. It's a type of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, now the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out of your people, out of your kindred, out of your family, and go to a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and many nations, and in, on, from you all nations of the earth shall be blessed. 
And then in verse 4, Genesis 12, 4, the Bible says, And Abraham departed. Abraham believed and he moved. He said, And Abraham believed God, for it was what? Accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 4. He said, Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as a debt. When you just come to God by works, it is not grace. The Bible says, For by grace we have been saved. Through faith, through believing in God, through taking hold of what God has said. Faith does not always mean that you see the whole picture. You just need to hear what he said. And until you learn that faith is all about hearing and hearing by the word of God and acting on what you hear, you will continue to find a struggling life of faith because you are always wanting to see the end. From Abraham's example, we learn that an Abraham departed to a land that he did not know. Imagine the journey. Sarah asking, Abraham, where are we going? He says, somewhere. Where is somewhere? Hallelujah. Is it going to be a hot place? Is it going to be cold? Are there going to be other people? I don't know. But he said we should go. He said, the Bible says he was looking for a city whose foundation and builder was God. And this is the faith journey. We have a generation that is always trying to rationalize everything to A to Z. A to Z. If it is not defined in the context of A to Z, three dimensions where you can see it in a holistic picture, we cannot express our faith. And God is not like that. God is a spirit. And the Bible says, they that must come to God, Hebrews 11 verse 6, they must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. That is all you need to believe. You don't need to see what the reward is. You don't need to see heaven before you believe heaven. You don't. You don't have to say, Lord, if heaven is real, kill me and let me go to heaven and come back to continue to live. No. You just simply believe. Jesus said, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. That's good enough. We believe God for what he says. We don't believe him only for what he has shown us. What he shows us is good, but there are secret things that belong to him. And he may choose to show or choose not to show. Our faith must be such that we are believing God simply for who he is, Hebrews eleven six, and for what he says. May our faith continue to grow in that dimension. In the name of Jesus. So as it was with Abraham, our father of faith, so it is with us. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. I'm just keeping now through Romans 4. We'll go straight to verse 13. In between now, it talks about how it comes to the uncircumcision, not, not just the circumcision. So faith can, be, can come to us even in our unsaved faith, uh, um, stage. Our unsaved stage is like the uncircumcision. The faith that comes to us then helps us to come to righteousness. It helps us to come to be saved. But the faith that now comes to us that we use after being circumcised, in quote, or after being born again, is the faith that gives us the lifestyle, is the, is the one that gives us the lifestyle of faith so that we can continue to please God and relate with God. Hebrews 4, Romans 4, 13, he said, For the promise that he would be heir to the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Verse 16, he said, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. 
It is important that we understand that this faith is accessible to all who approach the throne of grace. So it is for this reason that scriptures reveal that our righteousness must be lived out by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Everyone who is a righteous person, everyone who is called the upright, everyone who is called the saved must live by faith. Let's read it together. He said, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. We must be a people who understand that without faith, it is impossible to please God. God is calling us to a lifestyle of faith. He's calling us to a lifestyle. A lifestyle of faith is a lifestyle that totally depends on God. I have lost my life in this God. Believe me, as I'm standing before you today, if I reach home and he says to me, son, you have preached your last message in Warsaw. I expect you to be in Japan tomorrow. The same way he spoke to me before I got here. I will just write all of you a letter and I wish you well, Pastor Moses, <laughs> all of you. <laughs> that is it. The one who owes my life has spoken. I'm gone. Because I recognize that with him, you just need to hear him. You just need to know what he's saying. And before you know it, you are living the life that pleases him. And then you are matching the resources of life to those things. The reason why many people struggle in stages of life is that we are not hearing God. We're not taking time to hear God. And this hearing God does not need any advanced system. 21 ways to hear God. You don't need all that. You just need a relationship. You just need to be a worshiper. You just need to be a person whose heart is clean. A person whose heart is free of offenses. A person whose heart is always willing to serve God. You will be hearing him every minute of the day. Believe me. And when you hear God, the Bible says your faith will arise and you will be able to please him and you will be able to act. God will continue to declutter your heart of everything that stops you from hearing God. In the name of Jesus. And as you hear God, your faith will continue to arise. In the name of Jesus. So to develop this creative lifestyle, I just want to spend the next few minutes to help us to look at the life of Abraham with some principles. We're going to read particularly the five verses, five, six verses in Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 22. We have read it in the scripture reading, as I said. But the first thing I'd like us to read is verse 17. The first thing that is from there is that Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. Faith must be in God. It must be in God and not in any other thing. Verse 17. Let's read together the first part of it. The Bible says... As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who be he believed. In the presence of him who he believed. In the presence of him who he believed. You must know who you believe. Mark 11 verse 22. The Bible says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. You must believe God. The Bible says they that come to him must believe. It is not that they may believe. You must believe. Every doubt and unbelief and every uncertainty about God limits us. And it limits the potential of what God can do in us. The Bible says, and so, go back to verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. And Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Who do you believe? 
Many of us believe in physical circumstances more than we believe God. We can believe in our bank accounts more than we believe in Jehovah Jireh. We can believe in, in our doctors more than we believe in Jehovah Rapha. We can believe all sorts of things. We can believe and trust pilots. Many of us get on flights and sit down because they gave you seat 19J. You just go there and you sat down there believing that the man at the cockpit that you don't have a clue what he looks like. There was a time KLM caught a rogue pilot who flew their plane for 15 years. 15 years without a license. Did you hear that story? It was just about five, six, seven, under 10 years ago. 15 years, that man flew all the biggest planes that KLM had and he had no license. I said to myself, all that time I was flying KLM, I know he must have carried me one time. <laughs> because I flew KLM a lot in the late 90s, early 2000s. I knew he must have flown me at least once. I said, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> An unlicensed person. But this is the reality. How many times do you get rogue doctors being cut out, rogue dentists? There was a couple that was caught recently, a dentist, a dental practice. None of them, the husband and wife, none of them had a proper license. They were not even graduates. And they were removing people's teeth and doing In this country. In this country. But we, we go there and sit down in such circumstances without even thinking twice. But when we read the word of God and he said, Lord, and he said, my son, this is what I'm about to do in your life. And God speaks to you from the logos, makes it rema. We begin to doubt. I want us all to know that there has to be a shift. The Bible says this man, he believed God. Jesus said, have faith in God. Mark 11, 22. He said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. It is so important. Can I have Mark 11, 22? Oh, dear. Praise the Lord. He said, have faith in God. Thank you very much. So Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. After now, after that point in verse 23, he said, for whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. We quote verse 23 without really looking at the basis for verse 24, verse 23. The basis is verse 22. Have faith in God. When you have faith in God, your pronouncements are weighty. When you have faith in God, you have the backing of heaven. Faith in God separates you from the crowd. Faith in God keeps you like Abraham in a place of solid, continual dependence on God. Have faith in God. He is not ready to fail you. He has never failed anyone and you will not be the first in Jesus' name. The second thing is that Abraham acknowledged, let's go back to Romans 4.17. Abraham acknowledged God as the resurrection and the life. Romans 4, 17. Abraham acknowledged God as the resurrection and the life. Verse 17, thank you. Verse 17, next verse, verse 17. He said, the Bible says there that, and uh, thank you. Romans, Romans 4, 14, <laughs> that is 14. Romans 4, 17. Go back to Romans 4, please. Okay, I'll read it here. He said, as it is written, thank you very much. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they were. The second part says, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things that be not or do not exist as though they did. The second thing Abraham did is he acknowledged God as the resurrection and the life. He acknowledged God as the resurrection and the life. The first thing is he had faith in God. 
then he also acknowledged God. You see, this particular knowledge is key for us. When you know God as the resurrection and the life, you live in a certain way that death no longer scares you. Death no longer makes you afraid. Many people are afraid of many things today because they are afraid to die. Many people are afraid to die, including Christians. Now, I'm not saying one should live life carelessly and say, if I die, I go to heaven. True, you will go to heaven, but you have people that depend on you. And you can't just go before your time just because you are careless. But the truth is, you should not be afraid to die. For a believer, death, this physical death on this life, is the first step to life eternal forever. The life that is beyond this world. So it should not be something we should be afraid of. When the Bible says in, 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 he, give, he know that he got, has a God who gives life to the dead and cause those things. This time was when God asked for his son to be sacrificed. When his, if you read Genesis, we don't have time, but if you read Genesis chapter 22, when, Abraham, when God asked for his son, his only son Isaac, to be sacrificed, this was what kept Abraham. The reason why many of us cannot be sacrificial with God is because we, we haven't caught this secret. The reason why we are afraid to give our time, our money, our life to the things of God in totality is because we are still not sure that God can give life to the dead. The reason why we are afraid of persecutions and that if somebody is threatening our lives and asking to, 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 to persecute us for our faith and we are shaking and being afraid is because we haven't yet lived. For some part of my life, I lived in northern Nigeria. I was born there in a city called Kanu. And later parts of my late teenage, early 20s, I was still going to Kano a lot. My parents were still there then. And many riots happened at that time that were fueled by Islamic people who were willing to kill people who named the name of the Lord. We went through those things. And many times we were this close to death. Many times when Reinhard Bonke was coming in April 1991, I've told you that story many times. I was barely 22, 23 years old. I was driving my mother's car. And I was almost ambushed by them. This close to death, they were dragging people out and killing them for the sake of the faith. I was praying in my heart, but at the same time, in all honesty and in all simplicity of life, I can tell you I was ready to go, if that was what it was. Not that I wanted to die, but I was ready to go. Because I could see that this is life and death staring me at the face. You must know that this God gives life to the dead. If it is not yet your time, you will continue to receive life in the name of Jesus. And he calls the things that do not exist as though they did. Never be afraid to commit your things to the things of God. When God asked for Abraham, uh, Isaac, God knew. He said, take now your son, your only son. He did not, he, he, he said it to him so that he knows that it is his only son. Can I have the Mevo turned off, please, Tosin? He said, it is your son, your only son, your only son, your son, your only son, because he wants sacrificial giving all the time. Every one of us must understand that sacrifice is the, is, the Bible says we should present our bodies as what? Living sacrifices. Holy and acceptable to God. You cannot be sacrificial in giving until you believe that God calls those things that be not as though they were. I have found in my life, every time I give to God, even the things that has cost me something, God has never left me without replacing that thing. Not once. 
not once. And I've done this over and over again. But if you don't have this belief, Abraham knew that it's either he slaughters Isaac and before he gets back home, because God said that's the child of promise. Either he gets back home, Isaac was waiting for him, having been resurrected, or God was going to provide something else. And that was what God did. God provided a ram in the place of the boy. You have to understand that God, this is the understanding that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were confident that God also caused those things that be not as though they were. Because they knew that it's either God brings them out alive from that fire, or God was going to make them die and make them resurrect again. So they said, whatever he chooses to do, we will not bow. This is what makes you a radical Christian. When they threaten you at workplace and say, you say you must go there on a Sunday, this is the end of your work here. You say, yeah, if so be it, so be it. I am not telling you to go be rude to bosses, but you know something? Anything that will stop you from proclaiming your God, you must come back to this place of faith. Believing that by the grace of God, you have a God that quickens the dead and cause those things that be not as though they were. You have to step up. Believers are too willy-nilly. Believers are too afraid. Believers are too, we, we worry. The same things people worry. People are worried about their food tomorrow. Somebody say food. People are so worried about food. When you hear food, 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 most of the problems that people cause other people in this world is just because of food. Food, believe me. Because you will see that it's all about making sure that they secure. Some people in the workplace are so vicious and they're ready to pull down their colleagues. They're ready to slander. They're ready to do anything because of food. Because bottom line, that's what it is. Because they are afraid to lose their income. They can lie. They can do things. You as a believer must keep believing that you have a God who gives life to the dead and cause those things that be not even though, as though they were. This is what Jesus said in my, uh, John 11 when he reached Lazarus' tombstone. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die. Though the systems of this world may put him down, though the systems of this world may baffle him from time to time, he said, he shall live. If he believes in me, he shall live. Verse 26, verse 26 says, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? The question is not about whether he can do it. The question is, do I believe it? Do I believe that God can? Listen to me, friends. Has it ever crossed your mind that what audacity does this, this man who has a secular job that is being paid a salary, what audacity does he have to stand on an altar every Sunday and put messages online and not be afraid? That somebody may say that he, he's not representing, he's doing something that is, that is not whatever. Because they can take whatever I preach and say anything. I've heard it many times. Where people were threatened with their jobs. People like him in my position. Where they, they, they run, they, they, they're doing pulpit ministry and they also are involved in other things. You've got to believe it. If God is the one that gave me that job and every other thing he helps me to do, no human being can do anything about it. And I say that also with humility because it's not by my own power. No human being can take you away from what God has said. He said, if you live and you believe in me, you shall never die. You say, what does that mean? But pastor, people die. He's telling you that you will, connect, you will be connected to eternal life perpetually. 
your life will be unstoppable. Even when they think they are stopping you, they are actually engracing you. Hallelujah. The person who threw uh, uh, Joseph, the persons who threw Joseph in the pit, they didn't know that they were orchestrating his divine passage to the palace of Pharaoh, ultimately. They didn't know. They thought that they would just put him there and something would happen to him and, you know, would just go away. And another brother said, I would just come and rescue him at night or something. But you know something? That was the beginning of the plan to get to Pharaoh's, to become Pharaoh's prime minister. And everything that will be happening to you, God will be orchestrating because you believe. You must live a life of faith. Don't be afraid. Tell your neighbor for me, stop being afraid. You have a God that quickens the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. This is how we take new grounds. This is how we are confident that we are buying this building. We don't say it because we have the money all piled up in the account. No. You have to keep saying it and keep believing it and keep doing everything God commands you to do. And then suddenly, you find that it looked as if it was never a challenge at all. God will continue to give you victory in the name of Jesus. The third thing is that Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. This is verse 19. Abraham walked by faith and not by sight. Romans 4, 19. He walked by faith and not by sight. Let's read Romans 4, verse 19 together. He said, and not being weak in faith, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since it was about what? A hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 says, so we also being confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. When we are in the flesh, we remove ourselves from engaging with the spirit. Verse 7. So we must understand that we must walk by faith, not by sight. It is so easy to walk by sight. It's so easy to walk by doctor's reports. It's so easy to walk by what your financial situations are dictating. It's so easy. You don't need any strong thing to look at the reports and see how things are. You look at the report of the children. It's so easy to say, oh, this child is not doing well. It's so easy. It's so easy. But there is a faith walk that is beyond that. It is supernatural. The Bible says we have to walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 18, verse 8. He said, we are confident, yes, verse 8. We are confident, yes, well, please, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We need to detach ourselves from this flesh. We live in it, but we should not be governed by it. The flesh finds it very easy. The flesh will look at your weak and look at all the obstacles that lie ahead and tell you how frustrated you should become, even from Monday morning. The flesh will tell you all that because it is walking by sight. The Bible says Abraham did not. If Abraham was to look at the deadness of his body at 76, 78, 79, 80, 85, 90, if he was to look at that and the deadness of Sarah's womb at 66, 67, 60, 70, 78, like that, up till she too turned 90, then he could not have had faith. Go back to that Romans 4, 19. The Bible says, he not being weak in faith. He not being weak in faith. He refused to consider the deadness. The reason why we go weak in faith is because we are walking by sight too much. We are looking at the circumstances of life too much. You say, but pastor, how can I not? Because this is reality. Do you know what the reality is? The word of God. The real reality a child of God lives in is the word of God, not the circumstances around you. 
You must grow your faith by putting, that is why you need to put the word of God in you. Put it in you through songs. Put it in you. God bless those artists like Don Moen in our days who used to sing scriptures. A lot of the scriptures we know today, we sang them as songs and sang them so many times that they now became part and parcel of us. All these, some of, you need to choose songs, even in the gospel songs. If you choose a song that is just giving you a, a, a hip-hop movement, <laughs> even though they, they say Jesus every now and they say Jesus, yeah, 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 Jesus, <laughs> that's not helping you. <laughs> Go for those songs that when you sing them, they bring the scripture live to you. They teach you the word of God. That is how you will live by faith. That is how you will keep seeing the word of God as opposed to the deadness of your own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb around you. I want you to know that you must learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Number four, he operated the kingdom lifestyle. I don't condemn any form of gospel music. Gospel music is gospel music, but you know something? Listen to what will help you. I don't listen to all kinds of messages. My wife will tell you I can listen to anybody. Any age, anywhere, anything. The moment they say they are preaching, I can listen. But I concentrate on those that feed my faith, those that feed my development. I don't, I don't waste my time. While I re respect everybody's ministry, I don't waste my time with somebody who is not contributing to my growth, per se. It is very important because you must learn to live by faith. The first thing is that he operated the kingdom lifestyle, verse 20. This is where I said he lived by righteousness and peace and joy. Look at that, verse 20. He did not waver, verse 20. He did not waver at the, can I have verse 20? He did not waver at the promises of God. Oh, God help me. Verse 20, what's happening today? He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He did not waver. The Bible says the kingdom of God in Romans 14, 17. Don't turn to it. Just stay here, please. Romans 14, 17. The Bible says for the kingdom of God is in righteousness and peace and joy. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. The Bible says in Romans 14, 17. Don't turn to it. He said for the kingdom of God is in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This was what the man was practicing. The Bible says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. This righteousness is about a belief in God. It's about having total belief in God. He was strengthened in faith. That is living a peaceful life. When your faith is strengthened, you are not threatened by the storms of life. You are not threatened by the reports of life. He was strengthened in faith. And he was living joyfully by giving glory to God. He was operating the kingdom principles we have been talking about the last three weeks. We must all understand that if you want to be a person who is living in this creative lifestyle of faith, you must be a person who is consistently living like Abraham, not wavering at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief is so subtle, many people don't accept that they walk in it. But do you know that our actions betray us many times? If we believe that God is here at 10 a.m., we'll be here at 10 a.m. When we're supposed to be here at 10 a.m. If we believe that God is waiting for us here at 9 30, and I'm not trying to have a go, but that is just it. That is, those are the things that will show that you truly believe. If you believe that 9 30 a.m. God is here, you will not come in here at 9 35. No, you will be here at 9 25. If you believe, if you believe, if you believe, you will not waver at the promise of God. Whatever God says to you to do, you will do. 
if you believe, we all say we believe, but the truth is we don't. You know why I know? When the airline tells you to be at your boarding gate at quarter to seven, you reach there 6.30. You reach there 15 minutes before because you believe that. So it sounds harsh, but that's the truth. If we believe, our fruits will show that we truly believe. And this is what God is expecting from believers. To demonstrate that we believe what we say. He did not waver at the promise of God. Now listen to me. This is the same man that went into Hagar because Abraham, Sarah told her to do so. Told him to do so. So it is not about not making mistakes. It's not about not having errors. I'm not encouraging you to. So that we understand. How do you match this with the person who allowed himself to go have another son in the, by way of Ishmael? How do you marry it? You marry it by understanding that that was not the measure. Whilst that break became a problem and it was a problem to teach us that we should never do such things, but that was not the issue. The issue was that he was seen as a person who was strengthened in faith and who was always giving glory to God. May God see you as a person who will continue to be strengthened in faith and giving glory to God in the name of Jesus. Finally, he lived by godly conviction. Verse 21 now. Verse 21. He said, I'm being fully convinced. Verse 21. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted unto him for righteousness. This is Romans chapter 4, verse 21. He was fully convinced. Believers must be fully convinced about God. You must be fully persuaded. Hebrews 10, 35 says, Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, verse 36, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Many of us want to receive the promise we don't want to endure. God has promised me a very, very large congregation, very large congregation here, but I know I must endure. I know I must work hard. So I'm working hard, I'm praying, but I know he cannot lie. I've seen it many times that I struggle to get to the stage to preach in this church, not in this building. Thank God we're going to buy it, but it's not in this building at all because the kind of crowd we're talking about is not here at all. It's not here at all. But it's a promise that I must endure and do the will of God, that you must endure and do the will of God. You know what happens at such stages? Many of you here will now be promoted to... to, to levels of ministry of service that when new people come they will be desiring what you have and what you are commanding when you are when you are in those places and positions of authority for the sake of the kingdom they will be desiring it but they will not understand that you have endured you are, you and I have endured we have done the will of god then we receive that promise but our believer generation what we want is I name it now, I claim it now, I see it now. If not, I go now. <laughs> we must learn that you have need of endurance in this lifestyle of faith. You have need of tenacity. You have need. You have need. I, I, I am looking to that time when I will take my checkbook or, 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 or do a bank transfer of 5,000 pounds as an offering. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. 
that I, but I will have to endure the 50 pounds. I will have to endure the 100 pounds because I know that that is what I have now. But I am doing the will of God by stretching myself. I will not just give anyhow if I want to get to that level. Praise the Lord. And this is what we must learn. Faith takes steps to confront its adversaries. Faith never runs away from adversaries. Faith never allows itself to be overrun by adversaries. It takes steps to confront its adversaries. You step out of the boat, you walk on water and do the impossible. You move towards your Goliath. You move towards your Red Sea. You move towards your Jordan. You move towards the water pots because you are looking for wine. You do things that dare the natural. You do things that define everything that was contrary to your flesh. This is how this lifestyle is. Well, you, you can't do it if you are not intoxicated by the Spirit of God and His Word. I pray today that God will launch you into a new realm of faith in the name of Jesus. The truth is, friends, you can never become who God wants you to be if you cannot live by faith. You can't, and I can't, but we will in Jesus' name. Let's rise to our feet.